0: I guess I need to apologize apologize to y'all just now for getting a little carried away. I was doing the Methodist version of raising my hand. I was tapping my foot. Got a little emotional. Apologize for that. I invite you to stand now as you're able in body or in spirit for the reading of our gospel lessons. Today we'll be reading from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. She ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. <clears throat> As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to him, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. So Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Then Mary Magdalene went and announced these things to the disciples. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I saw a funny um, thing on the Internet the other day. Uh, You know, if you're monitoring the weather for Easter today, of course you saw rain and potential thunderstorms because, of course, potential sun- thunderstorms. I mean, we've had to call off three or four Wednesdays in the last month because they get the storms rolling in. So I'm, I'm just used to, if we're having church, we're having thunderstorms. That's just the combination we live in in today's world. But I saw this great thing the other day that said, um, texting somebody, y'all okay? At the tornadoes is how we say I love you in Mississippi. Because you've done it. You text somebody this week. Y'all okay? Y'all good? Y'all good? That, that's how we say, I love you in Mississippi. It got so bad the other night that something happened at our house that hasn't really happened since we've been in Madison. Our lights flickered. Like, we lost power for, I don't know, less than a, less than five minutes. It wasn't a, a long period of time. But that was the first time in seven years since we've been in Madison that we've lost power. We've been very fortunate. But listen, I'm due Because I grew up in Bogachitta, okay? We were lucky to have power, period, in Bogachitta, okay? And you get a good stiff wind blowing, if the cloud looks like rain, we're losing power. That's how we roll in Bogachitta. We don't need all your fancy indoor plumbing and electricity. We got it. We're good. And of course, when you lose power, back in the olden days, sit down kids, Paul Paul just fixing to tell you a story, Back in the olden days, you had to go through and reset all your clocks and all that foolishness. And of course, we all know what the hardest clock to reset was, don't we? That stupid VCR clock. Amen? There's two things we know that are true. Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and VCRs are stupid. Those are the two undisputable facts we can all agree on no matter. In the age of polarization, we can all agree on those two things. So... And, and mom, of course, had this VCR clock. that I, You needed a Ph.D. in phys- physics to set this dumb thing straight. So I, w- I would set it, and it'd be good, and then it would get cloudy, and the lights would go off, and I'd have to reset it again. And so that was my entire childhood. It was spent resetting a VCR clock. Then, of course, I went to college. And, of course, the, power str- the, the grid in Bogochetta got no better after I left for college. So I'd come back from college, with all, and I'd come back home with all of my dirty clothes, and I didn't hear, oh, Andy, it's good to see you. Oh, my beloved son, welcome home. No, that's not what I heard. What did I hear? Hey, can you fix the clock? <laughs> and of course, I couldn't remember how to fix the stupid thing. So I, just, I would fiddle with it, and I'd get the remote out, I'd hit the buttons, and I'd do all that, and I'd do all this. And, I, and finally, we came up with an ingenious bokeh solution. We just put a piece of tape over the clock. We just taped it over. You never had to see it, and it didn't matter. That way, that way it never changed. If you couldn't see it, it hadn't changed, even when the lights went off. It was a perfect solution. didn't change. Never had to reset it. Change is interesting, isn't it? You know, you get something right. You get something set. And I, I've enjoyed on Easter Sunday morning talking to some of y'all. We got, some of y'all got your pews packed with all your family. And uh, as, as the father of a soon-to-be college freshman, I'm not really looking forward to having one less chick in our nest the next year forever. So you get everybody back together, you get all your chicks in the nest again, and you don't want to change, do you? You know, there comes times in life when we, when we get things that we like. We like how it is. We like how it's working. We're happy with how it is. And, and we don't want things to change. We're happy. We're content. We like it. We found that sweet spot. And we don't want things to change. Now, listen, there's been a lot the last few years we would love to have changed. I don't think anybody, any of us want to go back the next year or two and hit like pause and keep those two years from unchanging we were ready for change the last few years to kind of get back to normal. But I don't know about you, but kind of when we hit our stride again and get everything back to normal and get everything back to routines, to get everything back to the way we like it, get all this happening, I, 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 think, I think we're going to find that spot that we don't, we don't want it to change. We got it where we want it. We're comfortable. We don't want to fiddle with it. We don't want to fool with it. We're comfortable. We don't want it to change. Just like that BCR clock. If I could set the stupid thing and it wouldn't change, I'd be happier than I could possibly be. We don't like change. Change is hard. Change has always been hard. Change is never not hard. One of my favorite statements is, the only way you change is when the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. We don't like to change. Ruts are called ruts for a reason. We like them. They're comfortable. I don't want to break in a new pair of shoes. My shoes fit perfectly fine. I don't want to change. Change is interesting. During Lent, we were in a series we were calling Last Words. Well, what we did in the season of Lent is we looked at each of the last sayings of Jesus upon the cross. What were his last sayings? You know, we, we kind of broke them down and studied them, and, and each one of them was so many of them were quotations from the Psalms. So many of them were things that were pointing to God's plan of redemption through the cross. And when we looked at each one of the last things of Jesus, we saw again and again and again God's plan of salvation for you and for me. We saw the effect of sin. We saw what sin did to the human heart and the human condition. And then we saw the efforts that God was going to go to to bring me and you back to him. To restore what sin had taken and corrupted. We saw God's plan all throughout the last sayings of Jesus. So I thought, well, that's kind of cool. We looked at the last sayings of Jesus during Lent. The last sayings. Hmm. Wouldn't it be cool on Easter, today look at his first saying. We studied the last words of Christ upon the cross. In Lent, what might we learn from looking at the first words of Jesus after the resurrection? We saw in the last words of Christ the power and the plan of God for salvation. What can we see in his first words after the resurrection. So I want to go back and read to you this morning Jesus' first words. Post resurrection. We see in verse 15 of John chapter 20, talking to Mary Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? So his first words were this in Lent. They were statements. They were declarations. They were quotes. They, 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 they were telling us something. Even if on the surface they didn't look that deep, when you dove deeper, you saw that every one of his last words upon the cross had a depth of meaning there that was telling us something about us, God, and sin and salvation. Every statement some something mm, there to it, pointing out to his God's plan. Well, on Easter... We don't see a statement. We see a question. Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Well, let's unpack why Mary was weeping. It's interesting. If you look in the, the Greek and Hebrew, or the Greek of this passage, the word there for, for weeping is... Um, it's, a, it's not just a sniffle. I mean, the, the, the weeping that this word implies here is not just being sad. Mary's having a full-on ugly cry. Like she's having a cry with the snot, you know, the, the, that one, that ugly cry. You know, the way I feel after Old Miss Lucy's an egg bowl? You know, just, just that ugly, ugly cry. Got to go in your room, close the door, somebody will see you. I mean, Mary, Mary's got mascara running. I mean, she, it, 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 it's, it's not good. It's not. She's not. She, Mary was not in a place for an Easter picture by the cross. Like, she was not in line with the flower cross. She needed a moment to put herself together. So Mary is full-on ugly crying. How come? Well, let's study Mary's history. Mary had been saved by Jesus Christ. Jesus had restored her. Jesus had saved her. Jesus had changed her life and saved her life. Jesus had given her new life. You ever had somebody do something nice for you, like really nice for you? Yeah. You ever had somebody go out of the way to show kindness to you? You ever had somebody like you know do you a real a real good solid favor? You ever had somebody really bail you out? You ever had somebody do something so good for you, you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm going to be loyal to this person. This person has done so much for me. This person has given me so much. This person has cared for me that I'm going to be loyal to this person. If this person needs me, I'm going to be there for them. If you played sports, you may have had a coach who, for this, to this day, you'd run through a wall for. I'd run through a wall for Coach Mickey Myers right now. Sure would. No problem. Point me at the wall. I'd probably bounce off of it and fall down and break something, but I'd try. You're loyal to those folks you love, aren't you? You're loyal to your family. You're loyal to your spouse. You're loyal to your your mentors. You're loyal to your mentees. You're loyal to the person who have given so much to you to give you life and teach you and care for you. Of course you are. You're loyal. That's a good thing. That's a virtue. Mary was loyal to Jesus. Not just because he's nice to her. Not just because he let her cut in line one day. Not just because he, he said a nice word to her. But because he saved her. He restored her. He gave her life. And so Jesus, she, Mary was so loyal to Jesus because of the life that Jesus had given to her. And so now we see this. Mary followed Jesus as Lord. She followed him. She served him. She loved him. She walked with him. She was with him. And then Friday, and all those big, big, bad disciples ready to start trouble, or they do, when it gets bad, they run, don't they? Even old Peter talked a big game, having that rooster crow three times. Yeah, they all bailed. They all left. They got out of town. They ran like scared dogs. Dogs that tails with the leg. They got out of town. But you know who remained, don't you? Mary. It's the women who remained. Who stood at the foot of the cross. And saw him breathe his last heard those last statements upon the cross, saw the spear thrust in his side and the blood and water come pouring out afterwards, saw the sky turn black and saw his body taken off the cross. As we said during Lent, of all the ways we humans have invented to kill one another, there probably is not a worse way to kill somebody than the cross. And Mary watched it. Can you imagine, y'all? The person you love in your life the most. Beaten in front of you. Mocked in front of you. Tortured in front of you. while All those other folks with you left. Leaving you alone. And And then it was so bad. They took him off the cross so fast. They didn't have time to get his body ready didn't have time to get him ready. They, they didn't even properly bury the man. Didn't even get a proper burial. Just shoved him in a tomb that wasn't even his. So on Sunday, she's going to go make it right. Least she can do. After all he did for her, the very least she can do is to go and make sure his body is properly prepared. That's the least she can do. So she shows up there ready to do the, Do her last act of loyalty to this man who loved her, and then to heap insult, to heap injury, to to pour salt in that open wound. She found out that not only not only had they killed him, not only had they killed him, not only had they all ran, not only had all these things happened. Now somebody took the body. They then took the body. She just breaks down, y'all. She loses it. Her Savior's gone. Her Lord is gone. And then they had the unmitigated gall to take his body as well. She just loses it. Just up loses it. Her hope has been dashed. Her Savior has been killed. And now she can't even properly prepare his body all this that's why she's crying she'd been stripped of all hope stripped of all future stripped of everything and she had nothing left Mary woman why are you weeping y'all but here's the thing who was the person who asked her this question it was the Lord who she came to prepare. It was the Lord who she saw crucified. It was the Lord who she saw abused. It was the Lord who she saw mocked. It was the very one who on Friday she saw put upon the cross. It's the very one now who is resurrected and alive. And ask her, Mary, why are you weeping? And the reason why she was weeping is because she did not realize things had changed. Things had changed. Cause see, Mary was living in a world still where death had the final word. Mary was living in a world where sin had the final word. Mary was living in a world where shame had the final word. Mary was living in a world where brokenness had the final word. And Jesus is now telling her, Mary, things have changed. Things have changed. No longer does death have the final word. Yes, death comes. And yes, death death stings. And yes, death hurts. But death does not have the final word. It is defeated. And there is life eternal for those who have life in Christ Jesus. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? But thanks be to Jesus God because death is defeated. Satan is defeated, sin is defeated, shame is defeated, brokenness is defeated. No longer do we live in a pre-Easter world. We live in a post-Easter world where life wins, where hope wins, wins, where grace wins, where grace wins, where grace wins, where grace wins. We are saved by grace through faith lest no one can boast. You're not a Christian or loved because you're perfect. You're not a Christian or loved because you're here every Sunday. You're not a Christian or perfect. You're not not in God's family because of all this. You're in God's family because God brought you in. You're in God's family not because you've earned it. You're in God's family because he has given it. Grace wins, y'all. We got to stop acting like Mary and thinking nothing's changed. Y'all, it's all changed. No longer does death have the final word. No longer does shame have the final word. No longer does brokenness has the final word. But Jesus Christ, risen and alive, has the final word. He is risen. Amen. I'm about to start preaching. (laughs) And everything has changed. Do not live thinking that nothing's changed. Y'all, everything has changed. You are forgiven, you are free, you are restored. You are loved and sin has no hold on you and shame has no place for you and death cannot claim you because he is risen and everything has changed. Everything has changed. So don't just tape up that VCR clock. Throw it out. You don't need it. Woman, why are you weeping? She's weeping because she didn't realize it changed. Y'all, it's a brand new day, a brand new start, and a brand new Easter. He has risen, and death has no say. Sin has no say. Darkness has no say. Life wins. Grace, grace, grace Grace, 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 grace wins, y'all. Hallelujah. Grace wins. May we live in the reality of grace winning now and forever. Let us pray.